0: From our nation's capital, this is Naps Chat. i Hi, this is Bob Levy, the Director of Legislative and Political Affairs for the National Association of Postal Supervisors. Today we have a special guest, the Vice Chairman of the Postal Regulatory Commission, Mike Cubiondo. Now, before we get into talk with Michael about uh, the latest goings on at the Postal Regulatory Commission, I want to bring our listeners up to date on some late-breaking legislative news that's happening down the street that is on Capitol Hill. Uh, Firstly, H.R. 23A2 the legislation that was introduced by Congressman Peter DeFazio of Oregon has reached 294 co-sponsors meaning that it, it has surpassed the 290 co-sponsor margin necessary for the bill to be placed on the consensus calendar. What that means is the bill can be taken up by the House of Representatives within 25 days, that is, have a floor vote within 25 days. Of course, because of this wide support, the legislation could be taken up sooner um, on a so-called suspension of the rules, which requires a two-thirds majority to pass. We will keep you up to date on that. Secondly, the Senate now has a companion to H.R. 2382. Uh, this past week, Senator Steve Daines of Montana, Republican from Montana, and Senator Brian Schatz, a Democrat from Hawaii, introduced the Senate companion to the House bill, that is 29. Six, That's S2965. So NAPS members should call up their United States senators to co-sponsor that legislation. And lastly, uh, Senator Gary Peters introduced legislation, S2974, legislation uh, that would require the Postal Service to develop a strategy to reduce the, uh, the transport of illicit drugs through the mail. Now, Mike Kubianda, as the vice chair of the committee, is just celebrating his one-year anniversary, he'll be celebrating the one-year anniversary at the Postal Regulatory Commission next month. He has worked in the private sector. He worked for the inspector general of the Postal Service, as well as served on the staff of the House Oversight and Government Reform Committee under Chairman Adolphus Towns. Now, Mike, if you could tell us a little bit about uh, what the PRC has been doing, particularly with regard to the release the other day of the of a proposal for new rate regulations after a 10 year period of review?
1: The uh, proposal is um, that you referred to as a revised notice to proposed rulemaking, um, that uh, what we often refer to as the uh, 10 year review um, of the uh, system for uh, rate making for the postal uh, service. So, as I mentioned, it's a revised notice to propose rulemaking. The um, advanced notice came out uh, some time ago, and so this proposal revises that, that original notice to do a, a few things. The original notice included some supplemental rate authority for the Postal Service. Uh, that remains, uh, but uh, it's been re- refined and, um, and revised um, per the title of the, the rulemaking. Um, so there are some new um, factors that will be uh, considered and that will go into that supplemental authority reflecting um, male density issues and also amortization of the postal services uh, retirement obligations the proposal also includes performance based rate authority for um, the postal service meeting certain performance metrics around efficiency and service uh, there's also some some uh, language in in the rulemaking in the uh, in the revised notice of proposed rulemaking regarding non-compensatory classes and products or what we often call underwater products and classes. And on top of that, there are some uh, work-sharing provisions and uh, some new reporting requirements for the Postal Service to uh, report to the, the PRC regarding its cost and its efforts at cost reductions. Um, so it's a very comprehensive and wide-ranging proposal. I invite uh, people to uh, take a look at that proposal at the PRC website, prc.gov, and to comment uh, comments are due on February 3rd and so we invite you um, to weigh in and and comment and uh, read the proposal there's also um, a press release and a media kit would kind of summarize the uh, proposed
0: rulemaking as well now Michael after a very very brief uh, perusal of the uh, report one notices one aspect of a change from the initial proposal made in 2017 they were there had been a two-year hiatus between your initial submission. They were waiting for you to get, because uh, when it was originally submitted, you were not uh, a member of the commission, and neither were two of your colleagues, Ashley Poling or Ann Fisher. So the, one of the major changes was, as you look at the expanded rate authority of the Postal Service beyond the simple inflation-based price increase, the original proposal provided the Postal a service with an additional 2% rate authority over and above the CPI, sustain the Postal Service on a mid-term, long-term financial track. In this proposal, it wasn't a 2%. Rather, what you looked at, and correct me if I'm wrong, you looked at the actual amortization payments – Paid for the C, uh, civil service retirement system, federal employees' retirement system, as well as the amortization payment for the retiree health plan. Is that accurate?
1: Uh, yeah, as, as I mentioned, the uh, the original proposal for supplemental rate authority has been um, uh, revised, um, and as you mentioned, it addresses the uh, the amortization payments that the. Um, the Postal Service is required to make on its retirement obligations. So that will be one component um, of that supplemental um, authority under this proposal. And then the other component relates to um, the, the density of uh, mail uh, flowing through the, the postal network.
0: When we talk about mail density, that is like you take the number of mail pieces per address, and that's sort of, I mean, a very simple days a very simple c- f- calculation. That the less pieces of mail per address reduces the density, the higher average mail per address increases the mail density? Uh,
1: that's more or less the concept, yeah.
0: So what happens is in this enhanced rate adjustment, that takes into account a full of mail volume. Uh,
1: yes, it has two aspects, uh, mail volume and uh, number of
0: delivery points. So as the point the delivery points increase, and the mail volume decreases, mail density would decrease rather dramatically. One would assume.
1: Uh, yeah, the basic, um, you know, I, I invite you to to take a look at the the description of um, the density issues and in, in the in the revised notice. But the general idea is that uh, that is basically as you described
0: it. Now, one of the other items that the new rate authority looks at is a one percent expanded rate authority for the Postal Service. Now, my folks know pay for performance within their compensation, but the PRC created back in 2017, and now, again, it's reissued in 2019 a rate for performance index of around 1% that the Postal Service could use, up to 1% additional rate authority, assuming they meet certain standards. Is that accurate?
1: Uh, yes, that is correct. Um, there are two, uh, two benchmarks around uh, both efficiency and service standards that um, would be required to be met to get that additional performance-based rate authority.
0: And who would do that analysis as to evaluating the Postal Service's performance? Uh,
1: so the, there are a number of um, uh, metrics um, that are used. The, the, the commission would review the data-submitted by the Postal Service in in order to uh, decide whether those standards have
0: been met. When we talk about 1%, 2%, do we know how much revenue that brings in, like for every 1% additional rate authority about how much revenue that brings into the Postal Service? Uh,
1: I don't have that analysis in front of me. Um, It is a calculation that um, obviously the commission uh, has made and the Postal Service would make, but obviously it depends also on the on what the financial um, status is of the Postal Service at that
0: time that would be implemented. Now, one of the other areas that the uh, PRC looked at was so-called underwater pricing thats uh, or non-compensatory postal products, uh, for example, periodicals, in-county and out-of-county periodicals. It does not appear that there was much change from the 2017 proposal to the 2019 proposal, which would provide the Postal Service as I understand now with optional authority to uh, with, of an additional 2% with regard to rates for those non-comp- non-compensatory or underwater products. Is that accurate?
1: The, uh, the additional rate authority for
0: um, non-compensatory classes is optional. That is correct. Optional on the part of the postal service? Yes, that is correct. Now, if we can get back to um, one of the issues that has been concerning, I guess, everyone in the postal community, whether it be Employee groups or mailers is that burden that was imposed on the Postal Service in 2006 by the pre-funding requirement um, for future retire uh, future postal retirees. The in essence, the additional rate authority that would be based on the density uh, mail density as well as amortization payments. That is to get at the hit. That the postal service is, um, sort of was forced to shoulder back in 2006 the residual hit that now is through amortization appointments. Is that is that really is that what the PRC is trying to get at?
1: The purpose um, of those um, of that amortization. Um, coverage is, is, you know, discussed pretty extensively in the, in the rule proposed rulemaking. But the idea is um, basically all of the Postal Service's um, retiree obligations are on the table, um, that uh, all its statutorily required retirement obligations are on the table. And so the idea is to build the, um, those amortization payments uh, into the rate base um, over time.
0: What I'd like to ask you now is we have this on the table right now. There is a comment period, which goes through, I think, February, and then rebuttal or reply comment period, which goes through the very beginning of March. What is the procedure as we move forward and potential implementation of a new rate system for the Postal Service?
1: Yeah, as I mentioned, uh, this is a revised notice, a proposed rulemaking, and so um, you know we invite uh, all stakeholders to to comment through uh, February, and then uh, as you mentioned, till March fourth uh, is the the time period for reply comments. The uh, commission will take all those comments into uh, consideration, and at that time the commission would be able to issue a final uh, notice, a final rule. The the commission
0: would also be able to do a further revision um, as well. If there's a further revision, is there another comment period once those revisions are made by the PRC? Uh, My
1: understanding is yes, the commission may um, offer a a comment period
0: um, on top of um, uh, a further notice if that's the case. Now let's move a little bit to a more, uh, how we say, a little bit lighter to- lighter topic. Um, already we've already had on our podcast the chairman of the PRC, that's Robert Taub. Uh During the summer, we had Ashley Poling and Ann Fisher commissioner. The newest commissioner is on the Postal Regulatory Commission. One can't help but notice that four of the five commissioners, current commissioners, came off of Capitol Hill. Two from the House side, two who worked for the House Oversight and Government Reform Committee, and two from the Senate Homeland Security and Governmental Affairs Committee. Is there, and I've, I asked this question to Ashley and Ann during the summer, is there a special skill set or certain qualities that one finds in a former congressional staffer that just sort of begs itself on this commission?
1: Uh to a certain extent, yeah, I mean I think that you can have um you know we have we've had commissioners over the years from a variety of backgrounds um, and are able to contribute i mean the I think part of what we do is represent the public as a whole, so I don't know that you you necessarily need or want one particular background however, I think uh, coming from the hill does give you a couple of things one is ability to connect with a broad, uh, variety of stakeholders. Um, and so I think that's really important to understand, uh, all the people who are affected. Um, and so when you work on the Hill, of course you're dealing with, um, you know, the, the members, constituents. And, um, if you work up for the committee as I did, then, uh, then obviously then you have to think about how, uh, the broad swath of the industry is affected and the, um, uh, employees and, um, and then the constituents of all the different members on the committee. So I think that ability to uh, think about and connect with a broad range of stakeholders is something that definitely everyone who works on the Hill develops that skill set. And then I think the ability to take a deep dive on uh, particular issues, in, in this case, um, you know, postal issues, uh, working for the House Oversight and Government Reform Committee. As I mentioned, you get a chance to talk with a broad variety of stakeholders who have strong interest in, in postal matters, and um, they're very uh, eager to weigh in and, and let you know their views. And, and so you get a chance to kind of calibrate and triangulate among all the different viewpoints um, that you get while you're working on the Hill. Um, and, I, and I think that's a very valuable thing.
0: Now, another issue that may, ha, makes you stand out a bit is, as I look at the other commissioners, Mark Acton from Kentucky, um, Ashley is from n- rural North Carolina, uh, Ann Fisher's from South Dakota, Robert Taub from rural New York. You're from Columbus, Ohio, working for a inner-city New York member of Congress, Adolphus Towns. Does having that a different – that urban sort of background in contrast to your colleagues, is that – when you talk about diversity on the PRC, is that something that's very important to have a sense of what inner city or city uh, postal customers, their priorities are – in contrast to rural customers? Uh,
1: Sure. Uh, Before I proceed on to answer your question, I I think uh, I would want to mention that uh, Commissioner Poling is, um, I believe, uh, from the Raleigh area. So she has also a wide-ranging background dealing with uh, both rural and uh, urban matters um, as well. So, uh, yeah, I did work. uh, I am from Columbus, Ohio. And, you know, the great thing about uh, being from the Midwest, um, I've had experience in both urban and rural areas and semi-rural. I actually lived in um, both St. Louis, Missouri, and small town Missouri, Joplin, Missouri as a child. So I got a, a pretty wide range of experiences there. And one thing I actually enjoy doing is visiting post offices in a variety of places. So one of my favorite things is going to small town post offices, just seeing how people interact, there, um, how people interact with um, the postal employees and supervisors and, and and postmasters, and seeing the importance of um, those small post offices. Um, so I, I think um, I try to take a broad view. You know, as a member of this commission, you're um, you know we're tasked with representing the um, all postal stakeholders. So that's something I take very seriously. So it's it's something that we talk about here a little bit, which is you know what are the different. Um, aspects of postal service and, and how do they affect urban and rural communities and um, suburban communities, and we want to make sure we take all those things into account.
0: I apologize if, if, if Ashley's listening, but I, I should have said Ashley has worked for two senators from rural America, John Tester and Heidi Heitkamp, a tester from Montana, Heitkamp from uh, North Dakota, and, uh, and worked for Senator Susan Collins in, uh, from Maine, and Larry Pressler for South Dakota, and Robert Taub worked for a member of Congress from rural New York. So, although you know Ashley is Raleigh, she's really you know was with the constituency was more considerably rural oriented. Let me ask you one one final question beyond the ten-year rate review, which is under consideration. Robert Taub, the chairman of the committee, and particularly Ann Fisher, has talking. Is talking about taking another look at the universal service obligation, that is, postal accessibility, affordability. Does it reach, you know, how should it reach everyone in America? What products are available um, to everyone? Should all products be available to everyone? Do you think the PRC is going to take a look at that, or is that something that's best left to the Congress? Um, you're right. The, uh,
1: the chairman has talked about that um, uh, several times, and he talked about it on the Hill and in other settings, and, and so it's something that's um, uh, obviously on our mind. Um, it's something that's been addressed in, in a, a number of forums. So currently, the commission does have a role in analyzing universal service in that, uh, uh, for one thing, we estimate the, the cost of the universal service obligation annually and, and publish that figure. Um, I believe it's currently over $4 billion. Um, and, and, and as you mentioned, it's not it's not clearly defined. I think I've heard you talk about it as a operationally defined as rather than statutorily or regulatorily uh, defined obligation. So there there's obviously um, a lot of work to be done in seeing whether we can specify what the aspects of universal service are. The commission previously took a look at this in 2008, I believe. Based on a, a requirement in the 2006 law um, where the commission kind of analyzed the different aspects of universal service and, and took a stab at uh, saying what um, universal service might look like at that time. So, one thing that uh, one possibility is for the commission to revisit that report um, and see if it should be updated given the, the changes in the market and the the kind of developments among uh, uh, American. Um, uh, citizens and consumers, as well as the changes in, with the Postal Service. The Congress could direct the, the commission to um, do a specific uh, r- rulemaking to define universal service, so that's certainly one option, um, as well as us revisiting the, the 2008 report. Uh, one of the issues, I think, with universal service is not only is there not a clear definition of universal service and kind of a cohesive definition in one place, but there's also not a clear procedure or process for how we go about doing it. So I think that's the conversation that we'll need to have uh, as policymakers and stakeholders in the postal community over the the coming months and years.
0: With that, I want to thank the Vice Chairman of the Postal Regulatory Commission, Micah Cobianda, for joining us today. I want to wish everyone out there to have a pleasant weekend and a great week. Take care. Bye. I'm gonna
1: stand right down And write myself a letter